Hey guys, just before we begin, this will be part one of a two-part podcast series. So part two will come out next week, and that's when the podcast will be concluded. Okay, hope you enjoy it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Neil and Jordan podcast, the third podcast of 2021, a podcast where two comedians talk like experts on subjects they're definitely not experts on. I got a few emails about what a CEO does. Quite descriptive. What is it? Uh, Oh, I haven't read them yet. (laughs) They're like two pages long. (laughs) Classic leadership material. Yeah. 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 There you go. That's a future CEO. CEO. They they were long. I don't know if they were two pages, but I... uh, I thank you. Uh, we were bantering a bit, but look, I should actually know what the, what a CEO does. You know, Classic. I forgot com- entirely about that, um, as I always do when I'm like. In fact, I'm going to ask the audience about this. So I'm glad that you guys are on the ball, and now that it's like back in my attention again, just kind of like when you put a rattle in front of a baby and then you take it away and it forgets about it again. But the rattle's back. And I want to know what's in those letters. I would be very, very interested to find out because I think it's just like a necessary approach in life. There is definitely a point if you just keep getting more and more successful, you just have to just be sitting on a phone all day at a golf club, just being like, are you doing work? Great. What about you, Bill? Are you doing work? Yeah, okay, sick. And the funny thing is the other CEOs would be on the golf club, so you're networking. Yeah, that's the whole thing. You're finding new clients that are probably making your business millions and millions of dollars by quite literally playing golf. It's I, I was always uh, dismissing the fact that they were playing golf. Mm, but too, it makes but... so much sense because you can talk. It's not too competitive, but there's kind of like a shared interest in goal there. You can play it if you're 60. You can play it if you're... Yeah, it's designed for that, isn't it? Yeah, and... I think we got to start stop uh, talking about the glass ceiling. Start talking about the golf ceiling. There's just a bunch of blokes that probably would have made it much higher on the corporate ladder if they knew how to play <laughs> golf. But they just got a bad swing, so they can't network with the boss. Oh man! Put down the weights and pick up the clubs. Everyone you I know who's really right. rich, their dads play golf. Play golf. Yeah. Man, it's like what George Carlin was saying. That's where the deals that carve up the country are made. It's always golf courses. Mm. There's a reason that so much land is allotted to golf. Like I'm looking, wow. I'm looking at a house right now that is just backing a golf club. And you know the main thing that the real estate agents always saying, "Yeah, you'll never have any looky loo neighbors there because there's a golf club there." Like that golf club will be one of the last things if the rest of society just starts crumbling and everything just becomes kind of like a nuclear zone hellscape like they will still be watering that place it'll still be lush and green to the very last skerrick of society you can guarantee that that'll be impressive because it's quite a vast expanse of land (laughs) isn't it a golf course yeah and they don't have immense security there no i think it's just a thing that like eshes know oh yeah nah we don't even go there hey brah we're not not allowed there brah (laughs) they they can sense it (laughs) it's like that feeling where you're at the dole and you walk into david jones it's like you just you shouldn't be. You feel like too bad shoplifting, so you go to Kmart <laughs> or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't even shoplift, David Jones. <laughs> yeah, you're not good enough for that. Yeah, damn. Well, we appreciate the uh, you, you know all of you educating me about what a CEO does. So thank you. What other? Do you have any other professions you don't know what they do? Yeah, heaps of professions. 
any of that pop I'm, in I'm your mind? I'm so curious about prostitutes. What, what do they do in the meantime? That's what I want to know. And do they? What do you do mean they in, they the meantime, in their downtime? In the downtime, they um, they just live normal life. They spend all that money. They make a fuck ton of money. Yeah, but you'd have to be sitting around in the brothel. And then there'd be like six hours <laughs> where nothing's happening. In like the, the middle of the day. Of the brothel. Yeah. I thought you meant when they get off work. Oh, when they get off work, I know exactly what they do. K. Heaps and heaps of K. Yeah. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what they do. <laughs> but like, when you're there, are you just sitting around watching TV? Yeah, is there There's a There's nothing smoko? else to do. There'd have to be. There'd be a smoke room for sure. Because, man. Fuck, it's been a tough two hours there, hey? <laughs> Haley, how have you been going? Oh, fuck, getting ripped apart. <laughs> fuck. From what I've heard that uh, when, when, it, when like a young, decently looking guy goes into a brothel, they're actually kind of happy. They're like, oh, thank you. Not a 80-year-old yeah. businessman. Trucker. Oh, yeah, businessman, of course. It depends how classy the establishment is. <laughs> it would be that sweet spot where you get businessmen and truckers because the businessmen would feel like something dirty, didn't they? That's true. If you get the sort of like up and coming thirty something year old businessman, that's probably the dream. Yeah. As a if you are a high end call girl that just goes out to you know what I knew a girl that was a receptionist at one of uh, Sydney's best really high end brothels, uh, I and I was yeah. quizzing her so many things that she really was. I my lips are sealed. I can't say, and I. I was mentioning all these politicians. I was like, has he ever been there? Has he ever been there? And and they're like, look, I can't say. But that pause said everything. Yeah. I remember having that exact discussion yeah. with this person. Yes. And then she yeah. and then she says, because um, I was saying a few particular politicians, and, and she's like, look, the uglier they are, the, they've definitely been there. <laughs> <laughs> How good is that? <laughs> Such a good qualifier. And also the other thing that she was saying that was incredible is you can buy this package where you get two of their finest horse and you get a G5 jet oh, for an hour. And, and, and the pilot's in on or something. It. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, fuck, I'd pay for that. But you... That's, if I could afford... If 50 grand was, a, you know, just an hour's wage. Yeah, but that's the whole thing, right? Like, we, there is so much money involved before I can justify in my head an hour of fun for 50 grand. That's true. Someone's mortgage. <laughs> Someone's salary, man. That's... uh. Yeah, someone's salary for a year to just do it with like two chicks. And even if, even if you got those two and weren't in the plane, I think that would just decrease the price down to what, like twelve grand. Uh, It'd be so much cheaper than the, the like the novelty of the fact that it's probably worse sex in a plane anyway. That's what you're really paying for there. Yeah, is the fact that it's in the air because it wouldn't but, be a, a seven four seven, so there'd be all this turbulence. Yeah. It's just kind of being. There's something about you feel like a baller when you're on a plane, but really you're just. You're creating all these unnecessary inconveniences. <laughs> like, why? Just fuck on the. Party on the ground. Or people need to party on a boat. Why? <laughs> just party on land. Why do you need to party on a boat? Something very opulent about boats and, and planes. It's a status thing, I think. It really is a status thing. I, I, and penthouses. Or do you think that it's things. that they're so used to being in the air that they just think they're like, well, you know, is there another place you can fuck except for a private jet? Is that the only place? Because, like, I do know that there are 
um, children of the elite class in Brazil that have never touched the ground. They just helicopter pad from lush apartment to lush apartment or their schools oh, wow, will just okay. be on like the top level of like because it's just it's too dangerous for kids to be like roaming around like their and stuff oh, at the God. bottom dude that's so dystopian isn't it but it's cool wow. dystopian it, <laughs> like it's, you can't deny it's baller like wow. no one in australia is that baller so there literally is a middle class of brazil that don't get to the top levels of the apartment blocks, but don't go down to the bottom either. What would they? They'd have to just Uber from place to place. It would be the yeah. Povo version yeah. of that. Well, they'd have to just yeah, because they couldn't get a helicopter. Yeah. Uh, so this is just crazy. reserved for like uh, people that own half the Amazon. It's it's really, but it does exist. Apparently, anyway, I've never visited Brazil. Mm. Plus, I don't hang out with billionaires from South America, so I can't. You know, uh, Sam Harris uh, was uh, just putting wealth inequality into perspective and he said there are tech uh, billionaires now that earn in a day what some of the most famous movie stars earn in in a couple of years. Two years. A couple, well, not even two. So, uh, like, Zuckerberg in a day can often earn, can sometimes earn what Scarlett Johansson earns in a couple of years, which is insane because she's also in the elite. Yeah. She's very, very rich, but it, it just shows the just the disparity even in the 0.1%. That's crazy. But what do you do with it? That's the thing. There's just there's more money than goods now. Surely that's a sign of the times of like a, a finance that is collapsing. Like if you're... Zuckerberg, yeah, you can afford that jet in the G5 thing, but surely if you're making that much money that you're making, what, $40 million a day? Probably more. Probably more. Which is that, that, that jet thing is, that's nothing. Yeah, so, that wouldn't, so where do that you wouldn't go satiate from there? your hedonistic urges. Yeah. You go to the Epstein's Island. What else do you do? But, uh, That's, he seems like he's even too rich for that because Epstein's Island is like uh, for guys on Wall Street. Well, you just it's not tech billionaires. You just buy Joe Biden. Yeah, well, that's, I guess, They've what they already do. already done that. <laughs> yeah, but they already... And, and he'd probably come... It doesn't cost che- that much. He'd, yeah, he'd probably come cheaper. <laughs> yeah. That's probably like... Uh, that's probably <laughs> hey, a couple of days' salary, here. maybe. Give me two million and a pop. I'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you do. If you're able to buy the president of the United States, is in how much would how much was his campaign? Probably like a billion dollars. You know what's also crazy? Mark Zuckerberg was basically just a, a horny autistic nerd. That Facebook was just to rate hot girls. Yeah, and that's and right. he's now the most well in the top three richest people in the world. They all started as dating apps. How weird is that? So did fucking Am- YouTube. Did Amazon? Uh, let's be honest, like. Probably. I don't know what Amazon did, but <laughs> I'm just guessing because two other ones did. Dude, the tech billionaires were, I reckon they were all kind of incels. Oh, well, you can look at them. It's yeah. pretty obvious, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Mark Zuckerberg, even even as one of the richest men on earth, I seriously find it hard to think of like him like getting pussy easy. Even no, now. even now, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll just make him keep going. It's never enough. Um, 
that's the real disparity there. If you're an incel, you're either just the bottom of the totem pole wanting to murder people or you're a massive billionaire. Yeah. Never an in-between. Well, it's still psychos. They're just psychos on a different level, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. They're... they're uh... Like, I can't imagine any tech billionaire being a nice guy. All you have to do is oh, look at safe hearings of Zuckerberg and you think, I'm not even sure if he's human. And then when it comes to the Twitter guy, Jack Dorsey or whatever, just seems like such a scared nerd. I never want to hang out with that man as long as I live. Yeah, isn't it funny that if these guys, if this was the, you know, cavemen times, those guys would have just died very quickly. I mean, we would have too. Yeah. We would have too. We would have maybe survived an hour more than Zuckerberg. I reckon I'd survive 20 minutes more than you. Give, give, give yourself some more credit. Like, then, I would have lived to eight, and then I got scarlet fever, and that was the end of me. Even, even yeah. like, the 19th century. Like, to, <laughs> give yourself too much credit here. <laughs> Not caveman the, times. The 50s. Like, 100 years ago. Yeah. Who <laughs> 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 survived, 50s. man? Yeah. Although, no, very, they, very they had penicillin then. Wherever, whenever they didn't have penicillin, we, we'd, we'd have died. Or our mothers would have died in childbirth. We would probably died. Yeah, my mum, I was a cesarean because there was like a, some complication. So she would have, I don't know if I would have survived. She would have died for sure. 2,000 years ago, you'd be alive. 2,000 years ago? Yeah. What do you, why? I th- I th- look, this could all just be myth, but I think that the cesarean was named after Caesar. I think he was the first person that they oh, just, because he was part of the elite. So it would make a lot of sense that they were just like, oh, we'll just cut it open. I can't imagine my uh, ancestors were in ancient Rome. Although then again, you, never, you don't know that. that the genes could have spread to India. Mm. In fact, they, actually, they probably did. Did they have good Cause the Ottomans- doctor technology? Because the because Otom- the Romans would have gone to the, the Ottomans and the Romans, they would have had some they gene would swapping, and the Ottomans would have. Then there were some other kingdoms there that then eventually came into India. So and the Ottomans did have really good medical advancement for the age, so maybe India got some of it. Yeah, could have happened. There was a time in India's history where it was actually. I'm pretty sure in the 16th, 17th. Um, before the British came along, they were really prosperous. And the British actually just really s- screwed them over. What do you mean by prosperous, though? They're just a booming... Uh, like, like they, they were quite wealthy. There's right. a lot of spices and, and... I don't know this for sure, but uh, from what I've heard, there's just a lot of spices and a lot of trade that was going on. And then the... Well, it wasn't even the British. It was the East India Company. It was, it was a corporation... That um just came in and 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 said, well they they were different kingdoms and they sort of sneakily took over each kingdom. And I don't know if it was even all out war. I, they, eventually there was the Anglo-Maratha wars, but uh, look, I don't again, I don't really know a lot about this. But uh, the only reason the crown got involved was because word was going back to England, and and apparently the East India Company was seen as too brutal and inhumane so then the actual uh british empire came in and took over which is saying something <laughs> if even the british empire were like yeah this is a bit too cruel really like, i'm i'm pretty sure look someone fact checked all that well i mean also it was the fact that it was the jewel of the empire as in it was easily the most profitable part yeah so they obviously just saw that yeah there must have been other motives than they're just being mean probably yeah <laughs> 
But there was the yeah the Marathas actually that was my uh, my ancestors that, that had ruled that ruled most of the Indian subcontinent before the British came. How technologically advanced were they? Did they have guns and things? I don't. They probably had guns, but I yeah, don't probably. actually know. Because they were trading with all the other countries. That, that, you know, countries like Australia were sort of isolated from the rest of the world, but India mm. was still. There's a lot of trade going on there. I'm sure they would have had guns. People knew it existed for sure. Yeah. It was that period. I didn't know it was so fr- uh, recent. It was the 1700s, I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And then before that, there was this, uh, there was the Mughal uh, Empire that ruled over a lot of the Indian subcontinent. That's right. And then there was, uh, yeah, well, the Marathas that uh, fought back. And then it was a big Hindu-Muslim. That's why Hindus and Muslims still hate each other. Well, that and then... Because of the Mughals. And there's a long history there. Uh, contributed to it, yes. And Hinduism, obviously Hinduism is native to India. And yeah. Islam just went through the old trade route. That's how that would have been spread for sure. Yeah, I don't know that much, but um, probably. But yeah, Hinduism, I'm fairly certain, would have originated. You'd have in to, because where the fuck else is it? That's a good like point. there and Bali. That's it. Isn't it? I don't even know. I don't know why. Bali, really. Yeah, why is it there? Maybe I know <laughs> Buddhism actually. Buddha was Indian, I think. Yeah, I, I think he was I too. Think, yeah, but then again, India wasn't a. Th- it was all different kingdoms. Oh, maybe he lived in that kind of bullshit area of those like countries that barely exist, like Nepal and Tibet and Bhutan. Yeah, well, maybe somewhere <laughs> around there. That's, no, they, yep, those countries don't exist. <laughs> those countries are, are a lot. There, Bhutan is a conspiracy. <laughs> Nepal doesn't exist. I tell you what, though, that is the area. The area that I just dismissed as bullshit and not existing. That is the area that I most want to visit next. I really yeah, want to see Bhutan. Okay. It's uh, the happiest place on earth. What's well, Move that. over Disneyland. That Well, it's because of the king there. It's a very interesting place because it's just a absolute monarch that rules over it, and he doesn't even check the GDP. He came up with his own index of, like, gross domestic happiness. Well, that seems quite progressive in many ways. Isn't it? (laughs) And, and dude, always topping the charts when it comes to climate change. Not even close. They're doing their bit more than any other. Too bad, like, the country barely exists. But, like, it's it's, they're doing something. Yeah. Wow. Well, there you go. They uh, don't have traffic lights, I don't think, and I don't have buildings that are over two stories high. So it'd be a very, very unusual place to visit, and it costs Sounds like two hundred like bucks be. a day to li- go there. Yeah, yeah. They don't want outside influence because they saw what happened in Nepal. Mad. That's why. Yeah, well, it would be a good one to to visit. Um, yeah, I don't know a lot about Bhutan, or no- I know Nepal. It, you know what? I don't know a lot about Nepal either. See, don't you think that this is the place you want to visit? And it's purely because of Tintin. That's the whole reason. It's just like... I love that thing. <laughs> I was like the biggest Tintin fan. Were you? Yeah, when I was a kid. The Adventures of Tintin. Was he Nepalese? They were good books. It just seems like he was, doesn't it? Because <laughs> Wait, it... Did you just make up that he was Nepalese? Well, he's always hanging around with Sherpas. It's all... Like, every book that I remember <laughs> is from the Himalayas. That or him beating someone up on a moving train. Which I assume was in India as well. Was there a cat? There was who was the sort of sidekick of the Tintin? captain? Yeah, yeah. The captain. 
I don't understand if he was mm. a good or bad character. He was kind of both. Well, he was Piccolo in Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. yeah, he had his moments. Wow, kind of a is he the Tintin to an alcoholic Indiana Jones Nepal? Yeah. <laughs> um. So Jordan, what do you what do you want to talk about? Probably today? exactly the same thing you want to talk. Well, about. Well, I wanted to talk about what does it mean for comedy now that Trump is gone. Uh, well, that's pretty much what I want to talk about, but not. I wanted to just talk about Trump, but so oh really? Kill two birds with <laughs> there one stone. you go. That's hilarious. Yeah, we may as well. Um, well, because I've just been thinking, what, especially American comedians, they've just focused so much on Trump, especially the talk shows, for four years. Now I'm sure for the next two or three months, they're still gonna they're just gonna rub it in his face. And knowing Trump, he's not gonna go away. It'll be like Hillary. You know how she kept speaking for so long after she lost. And everyone, all the Trump supporters just kept, you know, gloating. I think a similar thing is going to happen. Uh, but eventually, I think by, you know, maybe June, July this year, that all the Trump content is just going to dry up. And there's going to be this huge void. And all these comedians who basically built a career and a life just just making fun of Trump, what are they going to do? Sucked in. I really, <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad that they're gone. That's... The one upside to the comedy of Trump kind of dissipating is that all of those hanger-oners are going to fuck off as well. Well, they're going to stick. A, they'll they'll still have their jobs and their shows and their specials, and I just don't know what they're going to. And the ratings will go down. It'll There's go down. No way, Colbert is going to have the same audience. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, neither are any of them. Like CNN and stuff like that. It'll, CNN the, will go back to being the airport network. No one's going to be paying attention to that. As in, mm. my dad, for instance. Classic demographic for CNN, Boomer. He is, I've never, ever, ever seen him watch CNN. All of a sudden, he started watching it religiously and just sitting there being like, mm, I fucking hate Trump. Mm. That that whole market goes. So what's left? What is left? They've got nothing else. They're not going to, no one's interested in, you can see it in the YouTube clicks, right? If Joe Biden makes a speech, there's like 65,000 views on it. No, no one cares. No one cares. Literally no one cares. I, I, I really do wonder what things will look like in just a year. I think if Trump doesn't shut up, they'll keep making fun of him. Well, that's the other thing is he's Trump has ascended being a president. Yeah. He is a movement now. He's kind of this generation's Mahatma Gandhi. He doesn't need a political office. <laughs> but if, don't you think if, he has this? If anyone's going to clip mil- out a clip of Jordan, please clip that out. <laughs> Come on, do it! I want to be known for saying that. Send it to the Indian. You know what? Indians love Trump. Yeah, they would. A lot of well, the the ones that support Modi all really love Trump. Yeah, because they they say he's the tree. They're, they're so vastly different, but they just make parallels there because the similar sort of populist uprising and very very different but but also uh, india is just extremely pro-america as well yeah so there's that as well yeah they'll probably be cool with either of them but the mm. thing is that you, you see this over and over throughout most of the world it's pretty much only europe that's really like he's embarrassing you get any third world country you'll just see like squeegee cunts wearing a make america great again hat yeah they, they weren't wearing they're... a hope hat that's <laughs> <laughs> True. They those sorts of figures are normal to them. Yeah, I think that's those kind, kind of, of bombastic, dictatorial. Uh, you know, a lot ag- of bravado, aggressive, 
uh, macho leaders are yeah. very, very normal. In fact, Trump is probably soft compared to a third world leader. What's that guy's name? Duterte. Mm. Have you heard the shit that guy says? Yeah. Holy fuck. Still. Dude, Trump is like an ABC comedian compared to that guy. Yeah. That guy's insane. Yeah. He made a... He just just makes rape jokes. Still. Well, I heard one a while ago where there was a... Was, yeah, there was a nurse that was sort of... That was raped in, in the Philippines and then this, this gang uh, had gang raped her and then he goes like... Oh, why didn't they let the mayor have a turn? Because he was the mayor at the time. And it's just... (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) I'm laughing at the shock of that, not at the... (laughs) Yeah, shock value. And then hasn't he sort of just legalized uh, vigilante killings of drug dealers? Yeah. He did do that as well. Holy shit, the Philippines is just... Oh, yeah, the Philippines has to be one of the worst countries. How glad are you that you don't live in the Philippines? I've always thought that. There's a lot of third world countries that if someone was like, you have to go to a third world country, that'd be at the bottom of the list. The Philippines (laughs) seems horrible. It's kind of just like a sinking, humid, sinking, humid Thailand that like the poverty elements of Thailand. I wonder if that policy actually will decrease drug use. I don't know if it ha- it surely would. And then if you ha- if you take almost take a consequentialist view, if you just take away the obviously the human rights abuses there, maybe drug use will go- I'm sure if you are just killing everyone, it's like McCarthyism but for dr- anyone who you suspect to be a drug dealer. Oh, that's definitely happening. So that's without question happening. But I bet you, in the process of it, it is reducing drug use because that's sure the whole it thing. Is. You always hear all of these think tanks in Australia say harsher sentencing doesn't lead to drug reduction. That's because the sentence isn't harsh enough. If it's like in Singapore, where it's like you will be executed if you take a toke of marijuana, God. and we find out about it, you're getting hanged. I can guarantee you, drug use is going down. There's no yeah. way people are taking it. Jesus it's just, if, is the level of punishment there? Because you go, I've Damn. been to uh, the elite circles of but, Singapore, right? Yeah. So they they do all drugs? say, no, I don't do drugs. But one Probably of my don't. friends whose uh, you know, father is the police chief commissioner or whatever, he can do weed. So you really have to be like very high up on the socioeconomic scale before you can even think about doing it. Yeah, interesting. I mean, you got, what, 150, 200 years ago, didn't you get hung if you like stole a loaf of bread? Yeah, probably. Um, got the guillotine. Yeah, well, <laughs> so it's a pretty new phenomenon to not, Kill people. <laughs> <You know, it's laughs> <not. laughs> we're like, oh, that's so barbaric. For but for shit. most of human history, people were just getting slaughtered for, you know, even today, don't women still get killed if they get raped or something in, in like the Gulf states? I don't know if they get killed, but they get in trouble. If they get raped, they get. Punished for that. I don't know if it's I'm- still like official law nationally, but I do know that like in outskirt areas where they do practice Sharia law, that shit goes down. 
Be good to be a man there. Man, <laughs> like maybe, but it's like, uh, yeah, there's there's that, but there's also like if you're a man and you're like a, a vendor or something and you're baking bread at a certain hour that's not deemed holy or something like that, you can get executed for that. Get executed. You get executed for everything in those states. Oh, my God, man. They're strict. Yeah, yeah. They probably look at us and think it's way too soft. And let's be One honest, we're both right, for- aren't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, where's the happy medium ground, you know? I do actually think if you're trying to reduce crime, Asian society has it right. Asian society, I what think, are is, they it's doing- just, they're just so strict. You know, if you, in Singapore, if you get caught spitting on the side of the road, you get caned by a man whose job it is to cane you. So, he's really good at smacking your ass. His whole job is just constantly practicing that. And it'll be like 50 lashes on the ass. That's his job. Yeah. Do you reckon there's a, like a TAFE course for that? There must be. This is how you, smack, <laughs> this is how you use the cane effectively. If you do it too lightly, it'll turn them on. And if you do it too hard, they just, they die. <laughs> because executioner was a legitimate job. Yeah. What do you, like, when they got rid of the death penalty, mm. what did the executioner have to do? Did they have to just go and work at a bakery or something? Like on their CV, it's like, oh, 20 years I've beheaded cunts. <laughs> now what do I, what do, I do now? <laughs> <laughs> Man, look, towards the end, I would imagine that most of them would be employees of a prison. And so they just probably yeah. just taken into the extra workforce. And imagine coming home to the wife after it's like, how was your day, honey? Oh, this guy's head just, just wouldn't come off. Yeah. Oh, it's all right. Let me give you a massage. <laughs> Have you ever heard oh, of Oh, like- you're a witch. I got a bed you now. <laughs> Dude, that was live not that long ago. Yeah. You know, there was this uh, executioner. Have you ever heard We've of got to Nosy get Bob? Trump. Yeah, we'll go back to Trump. Yeah. But have you ever heard of Nosy Bob? No. <laughs> no. Isn't this incredible? It sounds like a very Victorian era nickname, isn't it? Nosy yeah. Bob. He's going to get you at the gallows. And isn't this incredible? My- he didn't have a nose. Isn't that the perfect oh, man God. to be killing people? He, he, he was the Lord High Executioner in Australia, well, in New South Wales. So he had a missing nose, so his face looked like a skull, and that'd be the last face you ever saw. Being like, Any last requests? <laughs> oh, my God. You couldn't. That man was born to be an executioner, wasn't he? There's no other job that they made. So, yeah, if if he was there when we got rid of it, thankfully we got rid of it in the 60s or something like that. But he, there's nothing else that guy could be good at. It's not even that long ago when you... Like, people alive today could have had siblings executed. Executed. What was the form of execution in the uh, 20th century, though? Was it... It wasn't beheading, surely. Nah, it would have been lethal injection for sure. Probably was uh, hanging up to the turn of the 20th century, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, it would have been very recent, and they wouldn't have done. Uh, I don't think that I don't think that Australia would have done uh, electric shock. Maybe they do, but I, I, I'm guessing that they wouldn't, hmm. because that is not a good way to go. <laughs> if, if you're doing yeah. uh, if you're doing the chair, while, I think it? you wanna. 
I think it does. Bullet to the head seems like the that's just instantaneous. If I were to choose a way to get executed, that just seems like the, the quickest. best one. I think it might be. Or I don't know if lethal injection. How long does that take? Does see, that's the other thing as well, because apparently I'm just basing this off what you can see. But like with electric shock, you can see that the person is like writhing in pain when it happens, mm, and it's the same thing with electric with, with injection. Although injection's quicker, I think. But, like, you can see their veins popping out and being like, Aah! Nah, firing squad's the way to go. That's the way to go. Yeah. Except for then, dude, even then, usually they shoot for your heart. So that's minutes. But it, don't isn't there 10 of them that have a go? It, isn't it there's 10, <laughs> but one of them has the like, bullet? Is that their welfare? <laughs> like, we need... We need to, uh, you know, get some more jobs here in Bali. <laughs> Let's have a firing squad of 10 instead of one. <laughs> if the private sector did it, you'd only need one. <laughs> Which is probably true. <laughs> yeah, that is... Yeah, how like, bad are they at shooting if they need 10 people to shoot? Because I don't... I think, I think the whole point is so... Because it's just hard to get someone to shoot someone else. So if you have 10 of them, no one knows who actually killed the person. They just put it in one of the guns and you pick it up. And the rest of them just have gunpowder in it. Right. Really interesting. Some tradition like that. I could be completely wrong about it. But anyway, sorry. Back to Trump. Trump. Yeah, what do you want to talk about in regards to him? Like, man, uh, maybe we could put it on another podcast. I don't know. Just feeling lazy about this, but so many podcasts we talk about Trump. The amount of people that must be sick of it. (laughs) You know, you click on it. Uh, Yeah, I I just wanted to talk about the fact that him storming the the storming of the Capitol is incredible. What happened with that? Because you think surely with a building like uh, the, the Capitol building in DC, there'd be immense law enforcement. You know, impregnable wall of just cunts with AK-47s that would not let anyone through. It it just seems bizarre that that many people were able to get through to where so many diplomats are. I think that it's probably a thing of uh, cockiness because it's the centre of the empire, absolute heart of the empire. So would you expect it? I mean, it's not fucking Pakistan. I mean, everybody there walks around with AKs, all yeah. the guards and things, but I don't think that they Surely would there. You w- yeah, but... Well, did you see that one guy that... Uh, Christo was disagreeing me with this, but that guy that looked like CeeLo, that one fat black guard just, like, trying to run away from, like, I don't know, <laughs> no. 50 hillbillies just, <laughs> just <laughs> running what? in, and there's just one guy there that looks like he should be guarding a museum, just be like, <laughs> back up, back up. And then they just keep moving forward. And then so he just keeps running upstairs being like, stop, get back up. And he's got, he's got no authority. There's no way that he's going to win that fight. And it also just seems that it's surely if there's a place where uh, the law enforcement are uh, instructed to shoot on command, it's where the president and, and all the uh, senators are. I, I just, it, I don't know. It, it, from a gut level, it does seem a bit weird. I don't think it was Antifa or anything, but... It just it was just odd, and then the guy there with the horns, it was just just so weird. I know. I just don't think <laughs> that's what's so cool about it. Yeah, I know it's cool in a way, but I, it just seems it, it's it's hard to believe, isn't it? That yeah. is what's really odd about it. Is uh, it's such a fitting way 
for a Trump presidency to end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's how it should have ended. Yeah. And that's what I'm very happy about. It just seemed like such a perfect cap to uh, <laughs> such a... Uh, I, was, I was making this He's point in other things. Two weeks, two weeks well, When out, this podcast comes out, I think it would have just... Yeah, he would maybe just gone or he's about to go in a day or two. Yeah. It's just amazing because it just shows that... I was just thinking about that. Every other president in our lifetime, there'll be one sentence about them in the history books. But, man, people are going to remember Trump. He is a very uh, memorable historical figure. Isn't he? He's going to be the most uh, quoted president that's what I'm saying, man. Gandhi of our generation. It's just I mean, that the, the yeah. fight is funny yes. now. They were trying to free themselves from Britain. It's just these people were fighting for a president that just didn't use a teleprompter. He's going to be the most famous president. Well, probably more famous than JFK. Yeah, maybe. More than Reagan. Uh, he could be edging it with Lincoln, yeah, man. He, really, he could be up there. Like, who else? <laughs> since Lincoln, who else is there? And even in Lincoln's day... The South did not reach the capital. They were close. Yeah. But under Trump, the South stormed the capital. The South did rise again. It got in there and it took the Senate. It actually was in the Capitol building. There's no other point in it in history. Mislav was saying that about it when we were watching them smash windows and he was thinking, there's just something so satisfying knowing that that Capitol building, the windows have never been smashed there before. But under Trump's presidency, it happened. Yeah, it's so dystopian, man. I, I still... And they're all wearing funny costumes. And, they, like, it just, <laughs> and the, these are people who were armed going into a building with diplomats. And was the president... Was Trump there? I don't know where he like, was. Look, was he at the White House? If there was ever a time to just shoot on command, it would be then. Surely. Yeah. Surely. It just... it. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm... But then... What's the advantage for either side if they've sort of concocted this uh, infiltration? It definitely doesn't advantage Trump. It maybe adv- I don't know if the te- tech companies told them to do it so then they could ban all his social media accounts, but they could have just done that anyway. No, this is just an offshoot of what's... You know what's really interesting? It's so bizarre. Is, um, uh, Obama's had this guy working in his administration. His whole job was to come up with models for countries that are in danger of going into civil war. And he, that guy who spent four years pr- figuring out the prediction for that puts America on the likely list of nations that will go into civil war. And you know what he bases it on? Just this one point. Of course this is going to be why. I never even thought about this. Of course this would be the reason that a country would fall into civil war. It's when the elite are fractured. So when was the last time that there was this much upheaval in the US? The 60s. Everybody says about it that it was because of, I don't know, hippies and true love and stuff. No, it wasn't. It was the Vietnam War. It was half the power base wanted to be in Vietnam and the other half didn't want to be in Vietnam. Mm. So you saw so much civil unrest happening in in the 60s. What's the division of the elites now? Is it just Trump (laughs) or the tech companies? The the elites wouldn't give a fuck about... Okay, well, it depends. If Bernie Sanders won the primaries, yeah. the elites would be so behind Trump in that election. Yeah, that would have been a f- more interesting election to, Wouldn't it? to watch. Eh? So it, I think Bernie would have won. Well, see, this is the thing. I don't think he would have if the elites were 
converging it's together. True, because a lot of people that pushed Biden over the line were just older boomers that were drunk on CNN. Yes. So CNN would have been a little bit more tepid uh, to support uh, Bernie there. Um, they would have probably just been indifferent. And also all of those boomers would have been sitting there just lapping up all of the uh, ads and scare campaigns about Bernie Sanders. Those are the ones that go out to vote. A lot of people are always saying that Bernie Sanders would have easily won. Dude, if he didn't win the Democratic primaries, what do you think is going to happen in an election? Especially when this election was that fucking razor thin. Yeah, people yeah, say, oh, it's point. because Biden was a weak candidate. No, I actually do think that this is the reason. It's because half of the elite power base in the US uh, is it's like you're seeing the divide of the Coke network owning the Republicans and big tech and banks owning uh, the Democrats, but also like banks mm. also just contribute to the uh, the Republicans and the banks are actually fairly indifferent about Trump. Originally, when he first came in, they were really scared. And then I remember they had this big global meeting where they sat around and they were just like, why didn't we give money to Trump in that election? He's going to rewrite the rules to favor us even more than Hillary Clinton was. So the only reason that they weren't going with him is because he's a loudmouth or whatever. But after that, and they realize he's no actual threat to their power base, they were fine with him. The difference is big tech doesn't like him. And so they're backing uh, they're backing the Democratic candidate, which is why as soon as they lost, they and that scares the shit out of me. The fact that a tech company can silence the President of the United States... If they can silence that man, who can't they silence? The flick of a switch. The most powerful man on earth. He's still the president. Yeah. As of this recording, he's still the president. And they said, no, you don't get to speak anymore. And it was such a cabal. They all, they all, uh, all his accounts across many platforms were deleted instantaneously. It wasn't as though just Twitter did it and then the others did. I'm pretty sure all of them just did it, right? Yeah. Well, at the same time, maybe just shut down. Well, they would have, wouldn't they? Because they would have been in a meeting with the Dems and the Dems would have said, just get rid of him. Definitely Twitter did. And, and again, like all these stupid, nefarious, uh, sorry, nebulous reasons that um, they used for Alex Jones as well of just inciting violence. Well, it pushes it all underground. That's what happens. What do you mean? Like it, it's the uh, cobra effect, I think it's called. I, don't, I keep forgetting what these psychological effects are, but it's <laughs> when you when you tell people you're not allowed to listen to this, this is dangerous, or when you bring attention to it, it makes them want to listen to it more, and it plays into the whole narrative of Trump's base, which is that big tech and the, the establishment yes. are against him. Yes, and they it's, are. Th- th- well, they, yeah, they quite literally Evidently. are. And so it's just going to energize them. Now, if they just completely cut off his microphone then there definitely could be uh, a disadvantage there. Then again, I don't even know what he's going to do, if he's going to run in 2024, if he's still going to be a loud mouth. I mean, his whole facade relied on, I'm winning, I'm always winning, I'm going to win. And and now that he's lost, it does it just loses a bit of that edge. Uh, not to he, his base. No, but even to people who are maybe not diehard Trump supporters, but... Uh, are on the edge. They're really seeing how petulant he can be. A lot of people, uh, and I say that just because you know, based on YouTube videos I watch. I don't know. I'm not talking to people on the ground, uh, but they're they're just saying things like, "Dude, just take the loss. Just move on." They're saying that now, 
But this is the whole thing. You realize the public opinion. This is what was so genius about Trump, right? He kind of was able to shift. Both him and Bernie Sanders completely shifted the national debate in the U.S., And it's because I think both of them understand that public opinion usually is pretty fucking shallow and it's just a reflection of whatever the media is pumping out at the time. Yeah. If you just sit there and say, no, I want to talk about Medicare or like Trump just being like, no, I want to talk about trade or something like that. And you get a big enough platform, you can kind of force uh, the conversation around you, which is why I think with Trump, as we were saying before, I think a couple of weeks ago, he's created the biggest cult of personality, definitely in our lifetimes, probably in human history, just because of the sheer number of people. That, <laughs> there's so many people yeah, that exist wrong. now, right? Yeah, yeah. And as yeah, we were saying, Squeegee's wearing Dude. the Make America Great Again hat. He'd have to. Dude. He's definitely up there. And, like and since dude, MLK, see- he's the most uh, infamous. Well, the mo- he's going to be the most renowned figure. Don't you think? Not necessarily Easily. for positive reasons because it's so divisive. But in history books, they'll they'll have to include. You just have to include him now. Yeah, and MLK was the last one that was able to march on the Capitol like that. He marched on the Capitol. Yeah, as the sitting president, it's an incredible feat. And if you look at what happened when he just said Fox News, like they said, look, we're calling it. This is getting ridiculous. Joe Biden won the election, okay? And then he was mm. just like, Fox News, very sad. Everybody watched Newsmax. <laughs> and their ratings flipped. Really? Did you know that happened? No. Fox yeah. News' ratings went lower than Newsmax's because know. of a tweet. What's Newsmax? I don't even know. Exactly. It's budget Fox News. Wow. That. Says a lot. He's a fuck. He's got power. He's got <laughs> power, man. So if he just says, "I'm on parlor now," everyone's just going to move to parlor. Yeah, and but now the uh, Apple and Amazon and all the sort of app, the the you know whatever you want to call them, the the uh, where you download the apps from. I don't know if that's an app in itself. They've all deleted parlor. Okay. I right. I was on parlor for a bit. It was just. What is it? It's just Twitter, but for like MAGA people. <laughs> it's nothing. It's just Twitter, really. But just is it? without all the blue check people, right? And without and imagine the, way more like, tolerable super then. woke people. Yeah. So yeah, but then they're in their own cult. So now how big is it? Is it big? I think it was growing. Um, I had an account. I didn't really use it. Yeah. It's just like a right-wing Twitter. So what's going to happen then? So what? Apple's going to ban Parler. They already have. That Again, it just plays into the entire narrative. So... Shit, there there will be happen. somewhere for Trump to, and, and that movement to have their voice, whether it's Newsmax or... Because there's so much money to be made someone will uh, give him a platform. Yeah, but isn't it amazing that uh, originally I was just sitting there saying uh, Tucker Carlson is only saying that Google and Facebook are this powerful because it plays into Murdoch's narrative, and it does, but he's right. There's a whole new game at play 
that didn't exist even maybe two cycles before. Yeah. There's such a concentration of power there where it's just like, oh, Fox News is pissing us off. Like this entire news network doesn't get a say online anymore. They could do that. They could because they could just alter the algorithm enough to, without creating so much noise by deleting the accounts of Fox News, they could just alter the algorithm enough to minimize their reach. Exactly. Which wouldn't, on a scale of uh, American news clips that would massively reduce their influence yeah so this is, <laughs> this is just competition in action i guess now the uh tv networks would have to fight against this somehow or i'm sure they'll try to do some deals but, or but so, see, i don't know the what's tv's just so much less power as what now, you're saying yeah. right like if a tech billionaire is making the same amount of money in a day that movie stars make in two years it just shows the scale mm. so I'm sitting here worried about Rupert Murdoch, but it is very quickly. And like what happened with Australia, how they kind of just uh, limited the power of Google and Facebook. That's a real temporary problem. Like these powers are shifting. Yeah. And Murdoch kind of now he has a clinch hold on Australia because the big tech firms don't give a shit about Australia. So they're not going to fight that fight that hard. But like in America, they obviously care. They obviously care a lot. What's so happening with, that, controlling with information. Those, those laws here? You know, they were going to do that thing where they were forcing uh, Facebook and Google to they pay. They did it. They, they completely won. The Murdoch side completely won. But Facebook was threatening to just just ban people from sharing news articles. Yeah. Which I thought, look, at the end of the day, that's kind of fair because what they were asking was they were expecting Google and Facebook to pay something like 60 times their normal advertising rate because that's what they were used to on TV networks. And compared to what we get, and compared to what anyone else on the internet gets, it's totally unfair. Mm, like mm. You just got a shit product. No one wants to watch clips of nine uh, news, <laughs> you know? Or if they do, they're only getting 50,000 views now instead of 500,000. Yeah. And you're competing with so many more uh, people. Mm. Your whole philosophy is competition and free market will shut up and deal with the loss. <laughs> like, with it, yeah. yeah. But they're just really uh, hypocritical and yeah, dishonest. Yeah, of course. So that's the thing. So so Facebook and Google are now paying the uh, whatever it is, Fairfax and uh, News Corp. Well, they're hammering those... out the deal now. So obviously Damn. they were asking for... But see, this is the whole thing. They're obviously smart business people. I don't think that they were thinking that they were going to get that price. They just said, this is what we want. And yeah, then obviously the right. negotiation place takes place. So they're doing that now. Uh, I'm imagining that Facebook and Google will just be delaying it as much as they possibly can. But it's written in law. Uh, but it is kind of amazing that like uh, Google and all of these major tech firms now, even if you try and make an alternative Twitter, that Twitter can just be taken down. So... Really, because this is the whole thing. This is the whole point of uh, George Orwell's 1984. I just started reading it out again, and everybody's always saying, oh, it's not likely, that's not what's going to happen. No, not in that context, but the main point that he was making is that control of information is everything. And so now yep. those tech firms control global information. Yeah, so because the uh, the app store is where you actually can get your app onto a platform, if you control the app store, which Apple does... 
So if you have an Apple phone, because Apple have a, not a monopoly, but them and Android basically pretty own, much yeah. own the, the cell phone game. Yeah, they do have the power to say even if an app's doing well, no, I'm getting rid of your app. Yeah, and it'd be nothing to them as well because yeah. there's trillions of apps. Yeah, and even if there's a big app, there'll be another one around the corner. You're right. Even if it was like a top 10 one, it'd still be... A f- and also because Apple has just got its tentacles in so many things. It's just nothing to them. That's just one stream of revenue to them. Gosh. So that's gone. You know, also, what you're reminding me of that when you say that... Uh, how the libs are always saying that there's a, the idea of uh, liberty in the free market and how the Republicans are always saying that. It's really interesting because I'm just starting my new show. I'm starting to do the research of my new show on um, uh, Julius Caesar. I think that'll be my next stand-up show. And it's really interesting that all throughout history, it's the same fight between, I think he had the Optimates, which were kind of like the Republicans, and then there was the Popularists, which was the their version of the Democrats, I suppose. Um, all throughout history, it's the same argument. The ones that are the Optimates, the ones that are like really defending entrenched aristocratic power as in the the party that is there pretty much to say no same thing with the liberal party same thing with the republicans their whole job is to just block everything um okay because you know the power structure is in place they don't want anything to change they still want to just be collecting revenue from land they still wanted the banks to work exactly the same way it is so then there's that other block like the labor party or you know what the democrats originally were supposed to be or whatever that are there to just be like how about we make these reforms and then the republicans say no that's a whole job right but their defense has always been the same thing all throughout history it's always entrenched in these arguments of liberty and the free market that's all the optimates in ancient Rome would ever argue. That's- Every time they're just like, this is an infringement on liberty. We can't do this. This is an infringement on freedom. Freedom of choice is at stake here. So that was their argument even in ancient Rome. Isn't it amazing? It's the same fucking, like, over and over and over again. It's the only thing that is happening now is the technology changes. But... The, the principles of how these systems work, of how a democratic system works, same thing. You're having the same battle over and over. The, that's it. It's just control of information is the only thing that actually really changes. Uh. And that's where I think we are now. And that's what, like, I don't know, man. First of all, I hate all the celebrities anyway that are coming out going, oh, Trump was banned from Twitter. Oh, fuck off Elaine from Seinfeld. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I just hate it. I hate how much all these people irrationally hate Trump. It really annoys me. Mm. Their criticisms are always so superficial and, and obnoxious. Yeah, he divides us. We need love. What, what the fuck does that mean, man? What does that fucking mean? And the thing <laughs> is, it's, it's so not the thing that divides you anyway. But yeah. the, the machine that you work for as well is the thing that divides you. But well, That's really interesting about the... Uh, dividing parties of, of ancient Rome. I mean, the the thing with, say, the, the liberals in Australia is they'll say we believe in free market principles, but then they do this archaic law for uh, the, you know, media corporations. It's clearly because they're that's a big part of their donor base and they want to restrict Facebook and Google by imposing all these this regulatory burden on them and say, hey, you have to pay these people a rate that isn't the market rate 
for their content. There's just nothing free market about that at all. No, because it's the same thing as always. It's just freedom for their power base. That's what they're defending. When they say that, they're actually just saying freedom for Murdoch. That's that's really what they're saying there. And the thing is, like, because if they started facing and doing deals with Google and Facebook, Google and Facebook are going to be a lot more... They're not going to be as ideological as Rupert Murdoch. Rupert Murdoch, just in his older age, just came to this conclusion, I don't know how, but after the 80s, of just like, I hate the Labor Party. And so every election, he's going to come out guns blazing against Labor. Um, Whereas big tech, they're a bit more... They're indifferent. They're just... Okay, who's... Who's going to give us the best deal? (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. It is interesting, isn't it? So there's a whole new world order that is shifting where it's kind of... Wow. It's kind of like the AI... You know that that theory of, I guess, ghost in a shell or something like that, where it's kind of just talking about human beings' consciousness going into, like, some kind of uh, cloud? Mm. It's really cool, actually, watching Ghost in a Shell and thinking, fuck, this was made, what, 20, 30 years ago at this point? But it's... The things that it's talking about is, like, pretty bang on to what's happening now. But it's kind of just, like... Yeah, just just like a human being's brain getting downloaded and then just going into like some giant Ethernet where it just sits around forever as kind of just like a a, a file or something. Um, God, that's what's sort of happening, I think, to America's power base now. It's kind of interesting that that is happening. It's it's like it's the power of the United States is getting swallowed by these tech companies that call Silicon Valley home now, but are just these truly global entities. And that's just such a symbolic example of it. The fact that they're just like, no, we don't need the president anymore. Off. That's the end. It's just gone. (laughs) Like one of the biggest movements in American history, just like completely fractured like that. And like we're saying, it might not be the end of it. We'll see what happens in the future, but that's happening there. And then on top of that, the other thing that really happened in Trump's presidency that no one's acknowledging, which is the fact that China's GDP surpassed the US's. China is empirically the hegemony of the planet now. Yeah. Wow. The conditions definitely seem right for something like a civil war because you couple the the cultural... uh, uh, battle lines with the economic downturn that has occurred because of coronavirus and the utter disdain people have for not only the other political side but the elites and all the conspiracy theories that people are uh, reading into and many people live in a, a narrative where the other side is not someone or something that they ideologically disagree with or not even people that are just ignorant, just people that are genuinely evil. So I think conditions would be right for more mass shootings and uh, could uh, turn into a war. I mean, if there was another video like the George Floyd uh, event, the riots would be even bigger. And it probably would spiral into an all-out war on the streets, a sort of guerrilla warfare of people protesting, but like, you know, black militias against MAGA people. 
it's kind of what's already happening, it's isn't it? Already, it's not already too there. Far well, off. That's what happens now, doesn't it? Isn't that what happens? Pretty every much. time I'm always looking at all of these riots in the US, every single one of them that I look at, they actually look manufactured. They have branding to them. Don't you think? There's, there's like. There's all these Very like little tribal, slogans and yeah. there's, there's something artificial about all of it. And it all just makes a lot of sense when you just realize that these elite bases are fractured because then that propaganda seeps into the public's consciousness and they buy into one of those two demographics and, the, and it's all very tailored. It makes so much sense that that's why this is happening now because I, I was always looking at all of these riots and thinking these riots are over pretty pathetic shit. You know, riots that aren't orchestrated all throughout history it's the same thing it's starvation it's when people are like starving that they riot but if Mm. americans are so overfed there's nothing for them really to write about so it's always just these kind of like cultural superficial things that they're writing over Mm. it's really interesting that this is getting and also you can see it being primed this is the other thing as well it's scary it's something that even the fact that i'm talking about it now some of the vision is is it's it, the vision is scary confronting isn't it it's confronting vision mm. i suppose it's just because it's captured i mean you, like the french revolution would probably be pretty confronting true. if people people live in two realities if you're on fox news and you're on parlor all day you only ever see footage of the black lives matter protesters rioting and committing violence which they did by the way mm. when then you have CNN saying it was mostly peaceful protests. Yeah, 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 yeah. And not comparable. Not comparable to yeah. storming the Capitol. No, they're definitely. Uh, I mean, there was a place. Wasn't there sort of an area of Portland that was actually just taken over by an anarchist group? It doesn't look good there. That's the point. Yeah, and that was just People allowed to happen, wasn't it? it just still exists, so. doesn't it? Yeah, uh, and. You, you, you just have such different perceptions of reality based on the media you consume. So it comes down to what you say, which is whoever controls the flow of information mm. controls the people, mm. essentially. Uh, so I and can even, see why you're... I can, I can totally understand that. These elite uh, power bases are f- fragmented enough to foster a civil war because groups are living in completely different realities. Yeah. Well, that was the last U.S. civil war. The last civil everyone always says that it was over slavery or whatever. But really, the point was that there was one power base of the elite in the north that was had factories saying, "I don't like the fact that you have all this free labor. This is not a, a, a comparable price gouge." And they were just like, "Fuck off! We're not giving away our free labor." Mm. And that's what the actual war was about. Yeah. So it's the same thing that's happening now, and for slightly different reasons, but it's still. Like, and the, the thing also that it's just getting primed in, the, the fact that I'm even thinking about a civil war, why am I thinking about that? Have you noticed that it's been mentioned more and more in the press? And you'll they'll interview MAGA people going, if it comes to a civil war, I'm ready to fight. And then they'll just they be are. talking to people going like, oh my God, we can't keep him up there. He's starting a civil war. Like there's... there's the phrase civil war is getting used more and more. I bet even if you looked on Google Trends, it'd be higher. Yeah, so they're priming people for it. The... And what happens, though, is every uh, uh, singular escalating act of violence is just going to play into the other side's narrative. So every time a Trump supporter goes and kills someone from Black Lives Matter, Mm. then that plays right into the narrative. Like, these people are just irredeemably 
horrifically racist and they need to be exterminated that you can't debate with them or you can't convince them and 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 likewise every time uh <clears throat> someone who's on the woke left or someone part of antifa or a, a black a rogue black lives matter protester kills someone who's just trying to protect a small business which did happen then that just plays right into the hands of the uh the right which think these people are trying to destroy innocent people's businesses they're trying to take away what makes america great trying to take away people's freedoms you know so you know what it reminds me of sorry i just i just recently reread 1984 but it was mm. there was a point that i missed when i read it in fucking year 8 or whatever